0: Hey guys, I was just sitting here talking to Lindsay about Total Bev's new app. It's incredible. You can shop 5,000 different wines, 2,000 beers, 3,500 spirits, anytime, anywhere. Better yet, you can have Total Beverage shop for you and pick it up inside prepaid and waiting for you. Wait a second. That is so cool. So can I still get it delivered if I use the app? Absolutely. I know you guys have heard of their delivery service. Total Beverage will deliver to your house within 90 minutes or less. We can even save you 10 bucks on a purchase of 50 Use promo code TOTALLY10 at checkout. What's also amazing, BSN fam? If you can't find an item you want, Total Bev will give you suggestions of similar items on the shelf. Or you can request a special item right from your phone. It really doesn't get much better than that. Remember, use promo code TOTALLY10 at checkout to save. That's T-O-T-A-L-L-Y 10. Welcome in to the BSN Rockies podcast. It really wasn't talked about back then when I was in middle school and high school about pitching at elevation. The majority of the staff, I think, except for Marquez, we all came through the system uh, of the Rockies and, and you can see that this was installed a long time ago. We're going to put a team on the field that's that's on to hit and play defense well, but also have a, a group of pitchers that know what it takes to pitch at this level and also pitching at Coors with everything that goes along with that, with the, you know, altitude and everything. It's very special line, and we pride ourselves on it. And once I actually got off the family plan, I actually texted him, hey, I got my own phone bill and he's like, it's about time. <laughs> so it was a pretty good one.
1: Did you have a gold glove before you were on your own phone plan? Um, Yeah, I did. I, did, I, did. <laughs> I got brought in with runner in second and I walked the eight, nine hole guys um, who I faced in A earlier that year. And then all of a sudden, Derek Jeter comes over to face the and I'm like, oh, man, what do I do? But I started him off the breaking ball, actually, and I ended up oh, striking him out. So. <laughs> what, do I, what do I do? I'll surprise him. <laughs>
0: and now, your host, Drew Priestman.
1: Welcome into the BSN Rockies podcast, presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Now, let's jump into the show. Well, on this episode, we've got to discuss the continually spiraling downward Colorado Rockies who have lost the first two in New York a score of eight to two and then a score of 11 to five really non-competitive baseball games both of them bad starts from Kyle Freeland and Armen Marquez though there were again some positive signs out of the Freeland thing we'll get into both of those really. Uh, You're looking at a team in dire straits right now. Barely hanging on by a thread. Mathematically speaking, they're still absolutely in the season. Juan Miguel asks here, quite plainly, is the season over? And no, it's not. But the likelihood or even the justification for adding players to try to make a run has just gone almost completely out the window. They'd have to turn on a dime, and I mean starting tomorrow, for that to make any sense. For Jeff Breidich to go out and add a couple of relievers. Like, that's going to fix what's going on out there. As a team, collectively, they are not playing well. In any facet of the game, these little bursts that we see, like the five-run inning today, the, it's almost hard to take them seriously because the other team is so relaxed, so far out in front. A couple little things go your way. Guys like Arnauto or Story hitting home runs, it's entertaining to watch in the moment but it doesn't it's like the season it's too little too late if they go on a run at this point it would have to be a massive one it would have to be every aspect of their game changes in the next handful of days so while technically mathematically grammatically the season is not over They are in a spot now where, like I said, unless there's just this dramatic turnaround the next few days, and you can wait till the deadline, so you can give yourself, you know, a week plus here. But you gotta sell off what you can, retool and restock for next season. And see where the chips fall from there. And there are plenty of stories throughout the history of baseball of teams who've done this, who thought they were out of it, who sold off a bunch of veteran players, and then a bunch of young guys who no one had ever heard of before or who just hadn't been playing well. Everybody relaxes, and they go on a run all of a sudden. Could that happen? Sure. So if they sell, that doesn't, even then, that doesn't necessarily mean that the season is over. But you have to be absolutely honest with yourself in this business in this dog-eat-dog, zero-sum game world where every time one team wins, another one loses, not everyone can be winners. Not everyone can have good seasons. Some years you're going to have everything that can go against you. And that's not to say that the Rockies didn't, to some degree, make this bed themselves that they're having to lay in now. They could have been more aggressive in the offseason. They could have maybe done certain things developmentally so that Marquez and Freeland would have been more ready for this points in their career. Who knows? There's there's a lot of arguments that you can make for sure, though they tend to be ambiguous in that category. Like we were getting into a little bit on Twitter a moment ago. Could they or should they have been more aggressive about trying to keep either DJ LeMahieu or Adam Adivino? I'll say very quickly, Otto was gone. He wanted to go back to New York, and I think that's just kind of the end of that conversation. But its I, I think there's a fair argument to be made that the Rockies could have afforded D.J. LeMahieu, that D.J. LeMahieu expressed interest in returning, and also that even though there's still a very bright future for I think all three of McMahon, Hampson, and Rodgers, certainly they're not the players that D.J. LeMahieu is right now. And I think defensively, If you had Lemayhew at second and McMahon at first base, it's hard to argue that the Rockies wouldn't be a much better team, and it's hard to argue that they also wouldn't be better offensively with what Lemayhew has done while Murphy has been okay and McMahon has been okay. So I get all of that. My response to that essentially is, unless you're going to go one step further, and make the argument that DJ LeMahieu, and this could be, well be the case, was was extremely important for the team's chemistry. Something a lot of people don't want to look at at all. But if, if, if that's an argument you want to go with, I could see that maybe pushing me over the top to saying, yeah, they should have been more aggressive at bringing him back. But ultimately, you take this version of DJ LeMahieu, his slash line, what he's done this year, and stick him on the Rockies. I don't think it improves their record that much because, as we know, their biggest issue has been pitching. The biggest issue has been starting pitching for the most part and then obviously the handful of times, more than a handful of times now, that the bullpen is completely imploded. And there's nothing D.J. LeMahieu was going to do about either of those two things, and you weren't going to bring back Adam Adovino could they have been a bit more aggressive in going out and spending on relievers sure but they kind of paid the price for doing that the year before when they went out and paid for relievers who had nothing but success on their resumes and Brian Shaw and Wade Davis paid them a big amount of money had to pay a little extra probably to convince them to come to Coors Field because stuff like this might happen Mitch says, man, I won't stop watching them, but I think the worst part is just how much talent they have, and it's not getting the job done. I sort of started uh, a kerfuffle. I feel a little bit bad because I got a bunch of Rockies fans on our guy, Jake's Story, as you guys know, Talking Jake on Twitter. Give him a follow. He's a great guy. He's a Yankees fan living in Denver for the last three years. He does the uh, Talking Yanks podcast with uh, John Boy, who I think you all know at this point as the guy who does those super hilarious videos where he does a a breakdown of people getting ejected and arguing and all these other crazy, fun, weird things uh, that go on inside the game of baseball. They're just fantastic. They've really exploded out there. Super excited for that guy. Um, But uh, his partner, who I've also had on this podcast and and I've gotten to know, and he's a great guy, great baseball mind, and he was just kind of asking me on Twitter is this a low point for the Rockies, man? It looks like the season is completely spiraling out of control, and not only that, it's the irony of it coming at the hands of DJ LeMayhu, who's been fantastic this series, and all season, obviously, but this series at the plate and in the field, as we know he can be. Adam Ottavino striking out the side, Tommy Canely, even David Hale getting involved. They're throwing all the ex-Rockies out there. Oh, Mike Talkman. Sorry, I, I skimmed over Mike Talkman, who's had a, a big series so far in just the first couple of games. And so it, it just could there be more of a, a feeling of nail in the coffin finality than having these guys who you all, in one way or another, have, have let go of? Really, Mike Talkman more than I don't think they gave up on DJ LeMayhew so much as they figured between those other guys they could make up for his value eventually. I don't think they had much of an option, as I mentioned with Adevino, but Mike Talkman was a guy they just didn't have a place for, and literally they traded him away for a lefty reliever and Philip Deal, who uh, is yet to be a factor, and that's you know it's too early to judge on that, but still, plenty of incentive for Talkman to go out there and torch the Rockies, and so far he has. But I, I pointed out to jake and and i was just given a kind of a, a ribbing i know he knows this and i think i unleashed some rockies fans on him so everyone um just be cool with jake he's a good guy uh but i, I did mention you know hey being just a few games under 500 for this franchise you know there have been some lean years out here and I, and I mentioned you know kyle kendrick and and jamie moyer and some of those times and so we were we were kind of all joking around about that but as mitch brings up here the The biggest issue really is that these guys had not only so many more expectations on top of them, but the talent level for all stars and and legitimately so, and another couple of guys who could have or should have been in consideration, including Scott Oberg. John Gray, maybe even. You look at his ERA plus, and before that last outing, it was like the seventh best ERA plus in the game. He was tied with Clayton Kershaw, John Gray. For Again, if we're going to do all the park adjusted stuff, let's take a look at it both ways. So they've got this remarkably talented core, and it adds to the frustration. I think I was making this point on yesterday's podcast. If this was a non-talented team, people would not be as frustrated as they are. If this was a team that had no real stars on it and no real core that you believed could have competed for the division and or gotten maybe to the World Series, there wouldn't be this level of frustration. It makes it that much worse, but that's also in some ways the saving grace of the team. Maybe not for the rest of this year, but certainly going into next season because that core will remain and they can build around it, but Juan Miguel asks me, What needs to happen to turn the season around? And there's no one thing. There's nothing Jeff Breidich or Bud Black can do or any one ball player can do to turn this thing around. There's no amount of firing people or trading people or DFAing people that's going to change it around. This is a simple matter of they are not playing to their capabilities, not even close, and if they're not going to do that, the season won't turn around, there's nothing magic, it's everyone has to start playing better and doing so immediately, and that's just a very tall task, it's an uncommon thing in baseball that everyone comes out of a funk at the exact same time. It's also unlikely that everyone goes into a funk at the exact same time, which is pretty much what we're seeing right now from the Rockies. So it's why it's not entirely impossible, because there's a lot of guys on this team that are just due. But whereas a couple of weeks ago I was saying you add a bullpen arm or two, maybe you get one starter and you can stabilize, then this team can go on a run, that's no longer on the table. That is not a thing it's possible in fact adding an all-star starter adding jacob DeGrom to this team right now doesn't turn the season around everyone to a man has got to play better it's the only way it happens so we'll be there the whole way with you all watching to see if that happens That's why they play the games. That's why you have to play all 162. You have to play all nine innings. Mark says, hypothetically, what do you think would have happened if we hadn't locked up Nolan last spring? Mm. That is a tasty question. What do I think would have happened if the Rockies hadn't signed Nolan And we're having this type of season now. It's hard to argue that he wouldn't have really explore, really explored more options out there and probably have left. I mean, you're right. It's a hypothetical and we'll never know. And as my logic courses have taught me, it's it's technically impossible to know the answer to that question, but. That's a brutal one to ask. It's a good thing the Rockies signed them when they did is, is all I can say. AJ, <laughs> safe to say the Rockies aren't this week's winner. Yeah, I can't wait till we get back to the Denver Sports Podcast and I can try to figure out how to sell that the Colorado Rockies won the week. Um, But Mitch, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll close out this first segment here on this point bringing up the starting rotation was so good last year and now it looks like they forgot how to pitch suddenly and that's the one thing I keep coming back to is it's it's the same guys. It's in there somewhere. Again, I thought Freeland looked really good those first couple of innings, and if he turns over a 1-2 a, a pitch to Edwin Encarnacion that drops below his knees and that ball gets hit on the ground for a double play instead of going over the fence for a grand slam, we might be here having a very very different conversation that's how much that's what's crazy about the game of baseball 162 games nine innings so 200 some odd pitches each game between the teams and sometimes it comes down to that one the game the series sometimes the season and that pitch right there when Edward Encarnacion hits a grand slam that's one of those pitches man Rockies are up 2-0 at that point. You get him to ground into a double play, get out of that jam. You're feeling confident. You're feeling good. Maybe you get another couple of innings out of Kyle Freeland. You can hand that thing over to the bullpen guys who actually have been going good, namely Carlos Estevez and Scott Oberg. Maybe you steal a win there. You're feeling good about the next time you hand the ball to Kyle Freeland. You see what you get at. But but that's just not, you know, that's, that's how dramatically these things can swing. And it's just been that type of season for the club, for the pitchers, especially. But you're right, Mitch. It's just been absolutely crazy to watch. I'm going to take a quick break here. Just keep answering questions on the other side.
0: Strava craft coffee offers CBD rich hemp oil infused coffees. This 5280 editor's choice for top coffee roaster is an essential part of the day, helping you wake up, fuel up and achieve your goals. It gets me up, it gets me going. I, I'm, like, I'm becoming pretty pretty caffeine-tolerant, uh, like so they're stronger, like, so it actually wakes me up and gets me going. Get a bag of this award-winning coffee at StravaCraftCoffee.com.
1: Hey, if you're like me and you're trying to figure out how to be a mature, refined adult, or you just really like wine, you have to check out my friends over at Weinster. Weinster is an innovative online direct to consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. What makes Weinster special is that the majority of wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers. Meaning, not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard to find wines, you're also supporting real people making real wine, not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. With Weinster, All you have to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the U.S. Then, when you fall in love with a couple of wines, as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping cost. I especially love Winester because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums, so sign up today with the code BSN25 to get $25 off your first shipment of wine and start being a real grown-up. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. All right, welcome back into the BSN Rockies podcast presented by the Green Solution. Tough day for the Colorado Rockies and their fans as they go down to the New York Yankees, eleven to five, losing the series. Uh, they, they just have been on this brutal stretch that really goes back to the six games they lost going into the All Star break. There have been A handful of little positives throughout this run that are worth mentioning, not necessarily as potential salvations of the season, but just to note, as we were talking earlier, kind of about the Rockies core that they can and should be building around. Uh, I talked about coming out of the break and then again a few days ago, Ryan McMahon having a very strong second half and how that could be important. How I think I said the other day even that the biggest story, if the team falls out of it and they're really not competitive down the stretch, the biggest positive story that I could see coming out of this would be the emergence of ryan mcmahon as a definitive part of the core somebody you feel like you can count on going into next season that you add him to the cast the way david Dahl has made himself a definitive part of the core uh, i i think we're gonna see ryan mcmahon take that next step the big home run in the first game to get the rockies on the board he's looked much Much better at the plate since the All-Star break, and really even a little bit before that, I felt uh, Patrick Lyons did a fantastic article on BSN Denver about that, so make sure you're subscribed so you can check that out, but McMahon, I think overall has just been one of the few positive signs for the Rockies. Also, Rymal Tapia has been really good at the plate. I think he's looked a bit more settled in also defensively. He's he's just looked more settled in as a professional baseball player. And I think at this point we can kind of not that a lot of us hadn't already. Certainly, you know I've I've been on the Rymal Tapia train for quite some time. But it was still fair that even going into this season there were question marks about whether or not he was a major league baseball player, someone who's going to stick around for years, or was he going to be a quadruple-A guy? Because however you feel about opportunities and whatnot, his numbers at the big leagues had not yet reflected what he was doing in triple-A. And now we see when he gets a regular number of at-bats, when he plays over you know, enough time, he's he gets his hits, and he gets them against good pitchers. He can hang in there, put together an at-bat, uh, well, maybe put together an at bat isn't it? you know in a rhyme all way put together an at bat. Um, he's still gonna frustrate you at times, absolutely. But he, I, I think, is t- taking that step into at the very least while well, while he's not at that core of the team level yet that, that I'm talking about with McMahon potentially emerging here. He's uh you can count on that guy to be a part of your club, and you feel good about giving him a ton of at bats. And you're starting to feel a lot better uh, about his defense as well. Still a handful of things. He's, he's uh, more than a handful of things he needs to tighten up. He's got to get better at the throws back into the infield, especially. But yeah. Oh, and Tom said you uh, you were there, and the heat was unreal. Uh, yeah, I've been hearing about it. And and you know weather and stuff like that. That that's going to affect everybody. It's hard to make. Those kinds of things, an excuse. And I did see, as reported by our guy Patrick Lyons, from Yankee Stadium, uh, Bud Black saying that he didn't think that the guys were especially tired, that he wasn't going to blame this recent stretch on exhaustion, just saying they're not playing well. Uh, Fair enough. I don't see how they couldn't be exhausted. Certainly during that last homestand, they did get a day off there, maybe recover a bit, but then you go right back out into the – heat and humidity and when you're not playing well and I think it's more one of those things when conditions are bad whether it's super hot and muggy or you're playing in the rain like they were the other night at Coors Field I think it's more that the conditions or this is how I always felt when I was playing even way back in the day I don't bring that up very often that felt weird to even say but when your team isn't playing well and I was on a bunch of those uh and a ball goes into the gap and it's slick out there, and you already haven't picked it up, and the guy's gonna get the double, and you're frustrated, you pull up and you're just not quite as in tune and you're and you're hanging your head a little bit, and then you slip and fall down, and they get five triples stuff like that and so in the, when the conditions are bad or or tough to play in and you're not playing well, I think it makes it easier to hang your head um which allows more of those little mistakes to happen. And we're seeing a lot, a lot, a lot of those little mistakes, especially after, like, bad luck plays. The other team gets a bloop hit, pitcher hangs his head, he's hot, he's muggy, he just wants to throw one more pitch so he can get off the mound and go sit down and be in the A.C., and he floats over uh, a middle-of-the-plate fastball and gets ripped into the gap or over the wall and... Now you're dead. (laughs) And it's just, it's been everything. It's been just about everything. I mentioned McMahon and Tapia's bright spots. I wanted to bring up one other one. Carlos Estevez, uh, I've mentioned him a couple of times, and, and it was... Good to see him go out there and have another one, two, three inning. I felt like his last time when he was scored upon, he really did run into some terrible Babbitt luck and and a bad defensive play, even though Trevor Story was not charged with an error. uh, Had he been, then Estevez would be working on three straight outings, or I think four straight outings without having allowed a run and so that's a very positive sign for your bullpen moving forward again maybe that doesn't mean as much for this year but still could be somewhere to build uh, with Oberg and Estevez at the very least moving forward into uh, the future moving forward into the future sliding slip sliding into the future but I mean, other than Scott Oberg, who really hasn't gotten the ball much lately because the Rockies have been so far behind, those are your bright spots. That's it. That's not enough. And unless, like I said, it's got to be a dramatic turnaround or it's time to sell off, and I've gone down the list before of The people I think that they can sell and and should at the very least consider selling. It all depends on what you can get for them. But you got to restock, you got to retool for next year. Because as we were talking about earlier, they did sign Nolan Arenado, but he can opt out after three. And if you have another year next year like this one, you better get to the dang World Series the year after if you want to keep nolan Arenado. that's a that's a that's a tough one that's a tough sell to a guy who's trying to win. You got to get aggressive here so shop who you can not out of the core you don't move Charlie. John Gray or Scott Oberg. I see people saying that because they've got value, but like that, no, that's not, you're not moving guys out of your core to try to rebuild a different core next year. John Gray is the last guy. I mean, the last guy after Nolan Arenado, maybe Trevor's story, but, but honestly, right now with the way he's pitching and the way he's been at Coors Field this season and everything that he's been through. John Gray is the last guy the Rockies should be in the interest of of moving. Scott Oberg very similarly. And now you have no answer going into 2020 for the back end of your bullpen? No. These other guys don't have as much value. Davis, Shaw, McGee, Desmond, Murphy. Though It'll be interesting to see what kind of value Desmond and Murphy might have. But as I see articles of other teams going, well, the Rockies are falling out of it. Let's pilfer their best pitchers. It's like, no. That's not what they need to be in the business of doing at all. But they got to make some moves. They can't do nothing. Nothing at the deadline would be the worst thing that this team could do. And, and the more they spiral the more they've got to move out some of these veterans and then just start playing all the young guys. Let Jesus Tinoco pitch as many possible innings so he can finally get that crazy good stuff under control at this level. Yancy Almonte, give him all the innings. Call up Jeff Hoffman. Try him out in the bullpen. You can just start trying stuff, but you've got all these young guys who... Have potential who, because the Rockies have been contending, have only been able to get sporadic playing time. Even if it means that for the rest of the season, Garrett Hampson plays the outfield because you've moved Desmond. Fine. Fine. Will says, let the young guys figure out how to pitch as an MLB bullpen for the rest of the season if they're out of it. Oberg, Estevez, Tinoco, they can call up Ben Bowden, absolutely. Almonte, Hoffman, yeah, they've got a spot right now on the 40-man roster too with um, O going on the DL. I don't know if they've officially put him on the 60-day DL, but yeah, they've got space there for, for Ben Bowden to add. You throw those guys out in the bullpen, see what they can do. And they get knocked around. It's not that big a deal because you're already out of it. And then, you know what you need to go and get for next year. And if some guys emerge, then, you know, what you can start to build around and you can learn a lot. There's still a lot of value to be had, even if the Rockies can't turn this thing around and paying attention to the rest of the season. If the Rockies play this right. Of course, it's a it's a real bummer that Brendan Rodgers is down for the rest of the year, not just because it's a real bummer that Brendan Rodgers is down for the rest of the year, but because if the season did get out of hand, it's one of those things where you could just start playing him every single day just to get him the experience. But as it is, you can run with the young guys that they've got. You know, if they move out somebody like Daniel Murphy. They can play McMahon at first base every day and give Hampson all of the at-bats. See if he can figure it out at the major league level. That's worth knowing. And I know it's not what anybody wanted this season to be. But these are valuable steps toward getting right back to it. And we were talking on Twitter today, somebody compared it to this season to 2008. And I thought that was incredibly apt. In 2008, the Rockies just had one of those years where everything that could go against them went against them. A year after going to the World Series, got some very ill-timed injuries. The defense was oddly bad. All of the pitching fell away. I think Ubaldo picked it up by the end of the year, but he had a really bad year. Franklin Morales collapsed and had to be put into the bullpen. Uh, All this other stuff that went wrong. And so, it was a terrible year in 2008. They sort of hung around 500 for a lot of the year, kind of like the Rockies have this season. They, were, they weren't they were mathematically eliminated till pretty late in the year. Again, probably like this year, but never felt like they were quite in it. Again, a lot like this year. But then they came back out in 2009 and won a franchise best. So, while only retooling a couple of things. And, and so, these... This team can do that. Will that's a great point. You know, if if the team falls out of it, you got to replace guys like Mark Reynolds with guys like Josh Fuentes or Roberto Ramos and give them those at bats. The veteraniness becomes far far less important. So there are lots of things that this team can and should do. They can't just play out the season the exact same either way. If if they make a dramatic turn in the next week and go on a seven game winning streak, then they can still be buyers and add a couple of relievers and see what happens. That'd be crazy. But I'm not, you know you you play all the games and there's a reason you wait till the deadline sometimes. If it goes the other way, they've got to aggressively sell. They've got to pave ways for every day at bats for guys like Tapia, and Hampson, and and regular at-bats for guys like Fuentes or Roberto Ramos, maybe somebody like Sam Hilliard, innings for guys like, we, we mentioned them all, Almonte, Tinoco, calling up Ben Bowden, seeing what Jeff Hoffman's going to give you, if anything, figuring out the Jeff Hoffman question once and for all. These are the things that you can do with the rest of your season, and you can make way for all of this by moving out some veterans to get a couple of prospects and or just out from underneath some contracts. They're not going to be super high-end prospects, but more chips in your pile. Maybe you find a, a guy who pops like even, even as much as Tony Wolters did, just taking him out of the Cleveland Indians organization. He's ended up being a, a really good find for Jeff Breidich. They don't always have to be a known commodity, even as prospects. Herman Marquez. Did not have a ton of prospects shine out of the Tampa Bay Rays organization. He was probably the least known player in that trade that included Kevin Padlow. Who was a higher round pick. Marquez turned out to be the best player of anybody who was traded that day. With all due respect to Corey Dickerson and Jake McGee. So finding those types of players in some of these trades... yeah maybe yeah maybe Roberto Ramos is the next Max Muncie. you just and and you don't know who's gonna pop in like I said sometimes you do that you sell a bunch of veterans and all of a sudden these young guys who you're not expecting to do anything come up they're playing in a totally relaxed environment with no pressure to win the division or beat the Dodgers or even be in the wild card with no pressure to do anything just see what you got go out there and play baseball all of a sudden it would not surprise me at all to see that happen with these Rockies. And pro- and it probably isn't a run that would be good enough to then get them back in the mix, but they'll probably do something like that. That's what we're looking at here. And, and like I said earlier, there's I know there's a big sigh of of sadness and frustration for a lot of you out there about that, but there's still a lot to pay attention to down the stretch here. And if the Rockies play it right, there could be a lot of... A lot of excitement around individuals to watch for the future, which should still be very, very bright unless they do something silly, which I don't expect. Uh, Much like it was in 2009. And I think this team would be built for a better rebound than that. But you got to see it out of the pitching first and foremost. And I think that's what the Rockies should be in the business of acquiring. Arms. Arms that might have, might pop one day. Whatever kind of pitching you can get. Even if they're relievers. Prospect relievers. You should be able to get a prospect reliever for Ian Desmond. Like Relievers in the minor league don't have that much value. Daniel Murphy, Jake McGee ought to be able to get you some minor league arms that you can stock up on and then figure out what's going to work for you. Answer some of these questions early on. Show Nolan Arenado that you're actively trying to solve the problem, as well as the fans, for that matter. And Jeff Breidich had a quote the other day. It all needs addressing. And I don't expect him to go from the least active trading GM in baseball to the most overnight. But I do expect he's going to do something about this. More, He's going to be more active than he's been, for sure. And if he's not, I'll be right there alongside everyone else, probably criticizing him for it. You, you still got to see you know, what happens in the offseason, but, you, but you've got to use this season as a learning experience you, you've got to figure, you, you can't just make no moves at the deadline say, oh, we'll address all of the issues in the off season and then keep running out these veterans every single day who you are who are playing decently well, guys like Desmond and Murphy certainly not Reynolds is not playing well, but some of the, some of the ones that are just keep running them out there all the time even guys like Chris Ionetta, if you could get something for Chris Ionetta on the market, probably not much, but a team would take Ionetta as a as a backup catcher, as a veteran. With some pop who can give you a good at bat off the bench. Really smart guy who just, you know, for knowing opposing teams and pitchers and stuff, might just be helpful for another team in September, even. You're not gonna again, you're not gonna get a ton. But the Rockies would do far better if they're out of it to give those at bats to Dom Nunez, who may not be a thing. And, but find out. Nunez had a great year at AAA. He's had a rough progress, a rough progress, a rough progression all up and down through the minor leagues. He's shown promise. He's become really good behind the plate. But if you just play out the season and instead of seeing what he's got, unless, I mean, you don't want to overwhelm the kid, but that's, this is an example whether it's, Nunez there, we talked about Ramos. Any one of these guys, rather than learning a little bit more about them, seeing what you can do, especially Garrett Hampson, I feel like is in this category, and Tapia, get them as much playing time as you can. Because running out these veterans just doesn't do you any good. So... Those are my thoughts on a difficult day for the Colorado Rockies and all of their fans, of course. Thank you, everyone, who joined us here on the Facebook Live. Make sure you're following us on all the social media, at BSN Rockies, at Drew Kreisman, at Patrick D. Lyons. Give us a like, share, and subscribe on Facebook, whatever podcast app you happen to be using out there. Subscribe to bsndenver.com to get access to all of our fancy schmancy exclusives. You can also get yourself a free T-shirt which is fun. So, uh, man, if you're listening to this podcast or or you're still following us on Twitter or showing up for these Facebook Lives, then it is, you you are a real hero. You are the hardcore. You are the ones who drive this machine. So thank you so much for continuing to be absolutely awesome. I promise you that amongst everything else going on, I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.
0: Green Mountain Dental has a long standing tradition of being one of Lakewood's best family dental care offices. Um, I have been a patient since I was three, which is in 1974. You know, my parents, myself, and now my children all go there. It's just a great place to be, very positive experience with them, definitely. New patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning, x ray, and exam. Also, All colored sport mouthguards start at just $25. The doctors will come out and visit with you, um, ask you how your family is doing. You know, just very friendly and family oriented. It's just very comfortable to to be there. That's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com.